Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I am your host. We are a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. So thanks for giving us your lunch hour, that 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time slot to make you guys among the most educated in the room when we're talking about news and issues from a Leo perspective. So let's go ahead and start off introducing the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Captain Brett Bartlett from Florida. We also have Deputy Frank Slope. And uh, yes, Pinal County, Arizona. So uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you being here. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Gulls, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live. We are fueled by Bang Energy. Uh, yes, I'm back on the peach mango today. And uh, I, I know, I think you're still drinking the uh, raspberry hibiscus foods, Brett. And uh, also a shout out to uh, the Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. Thank you. And huge shout out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. We're streaming to three of their Facebook pages right now with about 3 million followers, Thin Blue Liners. We support police and Thin Blue Line show. So thank you, Ray. Hey, uh, a great lineup. And guys, you know, uh, we have a... A recent topic, this just popped up, so I decided that maybe we should cover this. Look, we don't cover every mass shooting. They're, I hate to say they're a little frequent, but they are. Uh, but on lawofficer.com, it talks about this thing that went down in Louisville. The mass shooting leaves five dead, eight wounded in the downtown area. So uh, the update is that uh, police now say initially it was not eight people um, who were injured. But anyhow, now it's eight people injured, and that is up from six in addition to those who were killed in the uh, Monday morning mass murder in downtown Louisville. And it remains unclear if the suspect died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound or if he was killed by officers, officers, at least when this news report came out, um, somebody may have more information. Uh, and we have a whole stream of people that are, um, that are, you know, conversing with us, you know, on YouTube and the other uh, stream sources. And it also says an officer with the Louisville uh, Metro police department was injured during the incident. Police said the wounded officer was in critical condition and undergoing surgery at that time. And, so uh, we've got that uh, these guys were, you know, injured and shot at the mass shooting Monday morning at a downtown bank in Louisville. The suspect was among the dead, of course, at the scene. So that's the only good thing that happened out of this. So Louisville Metro Police Department said they responded to the call of an active uh, shooter um, at nine o'clock in the morning at Old National Bank building in the downtown area. So that's what we know as of this new cycle. Anyhow, uh, Captain Brett. I think I read that the officer only had two weeks on the job. I mean, what a way to. What a way to start a career. And I pray that he, he gets better. Um, God bless him and his family. And this just proves the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun was, was is a good guy with a gun. And we need more good guys with guns out there. You know, I, I people ask me, well, why do you carry? My response is, why don't you carry? Why don't you carry? Because, you know, the cops are, are five minutes away. You know, they get there as quick as they can. By the time they get there, it's all over. They'll clean up the mess. They'll write a report. They'll kill the bad guy. But then it's too late. Why wasn't there somebody in that crowd, in that group with a pistol under their shirt that they could drag it out and bu- and put one in that bad guy's dome and stop it right there? Yeah. Or or skirt. I mean, let's be fair. Or skirt. <laughs> Come on, don't give me well, that look, well, Frank. Everybody's got a, everybody's got a dome. I mean, not everybody wears a skirt. But everybody's got a dome. Okay, good point. Well, I definitely agree with I definitely agree with with Brett on that one. Um, Arizona's a big big second amendment state. Um, I'm not, I'm not real big on, on carrying overt. I like a, I like a concealed carry. And when I, when that thing comes out of the holster, I want it to be a, I want bad guy to, to not see it coming. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the first target in the room. Um, but I mean, to, to Louisville, I mean, they, their response was, 
was in the single digit minutes. Um, they addressed the shooter as they should, um, whether whether he was put down one way or another. Um, again, good guys with guns stopped a bad guy with gun. Um, and there, there's a saying that I, I recently heard that when when seconds count, the police are minutes away. So, uh, but but having a gun makes you uh, makes you the best first responder. So, I uh, some someone there definitely could have helped this uh, end even quicker. But but Louisville PD definitely uh, definitely showed that they have an aptitude for for taking care of business. Wow. You know, you know, Chip. The odds of you ever needing your gun are, are really close to absolute zero. But at that moment, at that moment, it was a hundred percent. Okay, so I hope I never have to draw my gun again. But if I have to, I want to be ready. I want to be trained. Um, you know, I got a little bit of the warrior left in me, even though, you know, my main job in the morning is not fall over when I put my underwear on. That's my main job. But I carry a gun everywhere I go that I can. I carry a spare mag. I'm, you know, and I, and I practice and I practice and I, because I don't know. I, I simply don't know. But if it never happens to me, I, I want to put the bad guy down. And if it happened, and if I, if I go down, it's because I'm out of ammunition. That's why I love you, Captain. That's why I love you. Brett and I, for people who don't know, Brett and I were partners for uh, uh, for years. And uh, I, you can you can deny it all you want, Brett. I got proof, um, though. I got a, I got a picture. Oh, I, I, was, I was, I was, taller, was a little longer. I was a taller of the duo, in case you ever see the picture. <laughs> you got to throw that in. You got to, you know, it's almost like I'm working with David D. Grest again, because you're throwing in the short jokes, you know. And I, and I never really considered myself that short until I'm around guys like you. Yeah, I know. All right, moving along. I think we've exhausted that. Hopefully we have. I look on Police One, First Amendment audit leads to suspension of a Connecticut officer. So just listen. So we're in, in uh, New London, Connecticut. So on July the 6th, and uh, we're talking about 2021. So um, what, uh, a couple years ago, Police Chief Brian Wright emailed a memo to his officers, a reminder that the public has a First Amendment right to record in public settings. So it kind of sounds, I mean, look, I didn't write the article and I'm just reading it, but it makes you, you cannot help but be impressed with the chief, right? Trying to take care of his troops and warn them, right? So attached to Wright's email, there's a link to a story about four officers in Danbury uh, who were disciplined for unprofessional conduct. Some were suspended and one later retired after an encounter in 2021 with uh, self-described First Amendment auditor, Sean Paul Reyes, known on YouTube as Long Island Audit. He's filming inside the Danbury Public Library, contested his removal by police. He said, please do not let yourself be baited or engage in a manner that does not display our professionalism, talking about the agencies. And this is what he warned his troops in the email. So First Amendment activists, it goes on to kind of explain that they are often individuals with YouTube channels. They post videos of what they consider to be tests for police and public employees. And there are numerous examples online, which I agree with, of these individuals walking in the city halls, libraries, police stations, flexing their freedom of the press rights. And uh, they are sometimes told to stop recording. They're threatened with arrest and they're told to produce identification. And the bigger the confrontation, the more chance they get noticed online and where some of the conduct can actually earn their money. So New London police, they were tested on August the 20th of 2022. So we're talking about a year later, a year ago, but a year later, because the initial email went out, you know, two years ago. And so when Daniel uh, Kokoska and his partner, so they're cops, they go into the police department parking lot and they're using a cell phone to record the vehicles that are there. So um, I take that back. So Daniel uh, Kokoska and his partner 
they're not the cops, but they're, they're recording police vehicles at the police station. So sorry about that. So Kokoska's interaction with police led to an eight-day suspension and mandated restraining for Lieutenant uh, Joshua Bergeston. And uh, and uh, it says it can be seen in body cam footage blocking and pushing Kokoska in an attempt to force him to leave. So this week, the city released the body cam footage, and it is a doozy. And it shows uh, Bergeson and other officers, as well as the uh, internal investigation into the incident in the response to a freedom of information request from the day. And uh, Kokoska tells the officer that he's in a public parking lot with no signs barring members of the public. And he has a First Amendment right to record the video. So under threat of being charged with disorderly conduct or trespassing, Bergeson said, no, uh, that's not how it works. Do you really want to do this? Bergeson asked. And then the uh, um, you know, he's told, hey, uh, I don't care because I haven't done anything wrong. You're making yourself look like a clown is what um, Kokoska responds. So the argument, it breaks down. Expletives are exchanged, I guess, on both sides. Kokoska immediately files a complaint against Bergeson, the officer, and four other officers. And Bergeson's attempt to charge the two men with first-degree trespass it was actually rejected, uh, rejected by a supervisor. So they were smart. Um, an internal investigation was conducted, and Bergeson was cited for violating department policy regarding respect and courtesy, conduct of becoming an officer, and use of force reporting. And the findings of the internal investigation into the complaints against Sergeant Ryan Litterson, Officer Michael Lewis, and Eric Zawoski, and Lieutenant Lawrence Keating, they were found to be unfounded. But Bergeson admitted calling the men in the parking lot um, expletive losers is, is the terminology that he used. And the local police union has actually filed a grievance seeking to overturn Bergeson's suspension, which surprised me. Anyhow, so that's what we got. Deputy Frank Slope, uh, why don't you educate us, man? Break it down on, on the simplest of terms for us. Well, we, we deal with these guys here. Um, and I think that the, just the term First Amendment auditor is kind of a sham. Um, they're, they don't have a freedom of a press. They're, they're not the press. They're not a news agency. They're not a reporter. They're literally just trying to provoke, which is what they do here, um, is they try to provoke cops, especially younger guys, um, into some sort of response, which, of course, like they said, they put on on YouTube and they put on and, and they're, they're just that's exactly what it is. They're trying to bait you to really in. Um, and it's I, I, I wish that there was some way that we could delineate between legitimate people in the press and these people that are just an absolute fraud. Um, and it's a it's a shame that they fall under the guise of the First Amendment. Uh, at the same time, there is a requirement to be a professional. Um, and if someone's videoing your car, who cares? I mean, it's who cares? It's you, you, you go on a traffic stop or you're parking you know, a, a parking lot for lunch and someone walks by and videos your car, you, you're going to run after him in the parking lot. I mean, you have to use some discretion in that also. So there's, there's enough blame to go around. Thank, thanks. Captain. I couldn't watch it till the end. I just couldn't watch it. I just wanted to tell that, <laughs> that lieutenant, shut your mouth, pal. Listen, if you got probable cause, make an arrest. Now, if he didn't want to do that, what he should have done is walked away from the guy, gone into the side of the chief, said, chief, we need to nail down a policy or rule about how we're going to deal with these people at the police station because I didn't quite know what to do. That's what he should have done. Yeah, it didn't happen. And of course, you know, we wouldn't, if he would have done that, Brett, we wouldn't have had this fantastic video to talk about. Well, you know, just make an arrest or shut your mouth. Pick one. Yeah. All right. Well, look, hold that thought. Guys, our first commercial break, we'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software 
easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. You can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. A Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source. And using motion GSPs, algorithms, and object tracking technology, Spotlight automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products. And when you're a Leo, it becomes very important. Just simply go to motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. And welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Florida. And uh, Deputy Frank, don't feel bad about bobbing the head with the intro outro music because, you know, your chief deputy does the same thing. He kind of gets into it. Look, by the end of the show, man, he's like bobbing and hand movements. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, it's, I know it's contagious. It's okay. It is. It is. And I'm glad I'm in good company with that. <laughs> so, uh, hey, any more, any com- I mean, look, I get a lot of, over the years, look, we've been doing the show for over seven years, believe it or not. And uh, we've been nationally uh, syndicated in the radio, I think, for, uh, what, two and a half, coming up on, on three years. And we got our Here You Start and Terrestrial Radio with the uh, Boss Talk Radio Network, where we're you know based live out of now. But I know that over the years, the topic we're talking about, the, um, the enforcement of people, uh, I guess the enforcement of, um, of people video and audio recording police officers, it's evolved over the, over the last decades. I mean, look, when I started my career in, in 1983, it was completely different. Now, when I tell, when we tell some stories and we laugh and joke on the show, I mean, look, th- there has been a progression, but there were some citizens that, hey, Chris Madison, thank you for the support. Appreciate it. Just saw that. And um, he's a diehard Leo, too. He's, he's, he thinks like we do. Um, but look, when the law, when the court interprets things differently, you know, 20, 30 years ago and, and today, that's just a natural progression. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong by enforcing things differently. It's just the, it, Things change with the time. So, yeah, we used to seize cameras and videos when we were doing narcotic work and stuff. And, uh, and, and, but things have changed. You know, look, you still have the right to preserve identities of undercovers and confidential informants and all that stuff. And that's why, even when you go to the court and stuff, you're not going to have, you should not have an undercover officer or an informant testifying in free court in a crowded courtroom. They need to, that needs to be handled delicately. Uh, but so, even though you still have the right to, um, to, um, to read, well, look, we got Motion DSP as a sponsor, and, and I mean, half of what they do is redaction, right? So you that's you, you save lives by redacting, blurring faces and images and stuff that can identify people, right? It's so important. So the law has changed, and we were doing it right back then, and we're doing it right today. And the and this uh, the supervisor, this 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 chief had it right, um, but he's just you know you're only as good as your weakest man, though. So he's just trying to get it to the rest of the troops, you know. So but go ahead, Deputy Frank. Nope, it's you know there's I think and I think that there's a difference between. Being videoed is not a big deal. It's we're, we're public servants. We're we're out there. Those of us that are wearing uniforms, we're in marked cars or or unmarked cars or semi-marked cars. Um, you know, doing the job, pulling people over, responding to calls for service. That's different. 
Um, and being videoed and being heckled, I think, are two different things. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we should we should have a little bit of a thicker, thicker skin just for doing this job. And I think the majority of us do. Um, but these First Amendment auditors are all they're doing is they are out there, at least here. I mean, they're they're cursing and using slurs and I mean, all sorts of stuff trying to elicit a response. Um, and it's just it is absolutely incumbent on that individual officer to just understand where they are. Um, and where they need to stay, which is way up on the mountain right, and uh, and and respond to those guys accordingly. And some of it's just getting in your car and driving away. It's real easy to remove yourself from the situation. You can go anywhere, so go somewhere else where they're not, or 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 start filming them. <laughs> Captain Brett, you know, uh, Frank and Chip, we've all been yelled at. We've been cursed, right? Not necessarily at home, but out there on the street. You know, just not relatives. And, and it doesn't bother us, right? So what? But there's something that bothers us on the DNA level about a camera. There's just something that just, it, and obviously it's making people mad. Now, here's what should happen. Quit yelling quit, quit yelling at these people. Quit having this back-to-back because the more you talk, the more we lose. And listen, either arrest them for obstruction or ignore them. You, there is no halfway measure here. You didn't say, sir, step away. I'm, I'm doing work. You need to step away. No, boom, down to the ground you go. I'm charging with a crime. Or quit talking to them. That last video, I, I just, my head was going to explode. That, that guy, that auditor was not going to all of a sudden go, oh, I see your point. Yes. I'll walk away. Boy, you have made your points at Sinclair, Lieutenant. By gosh, you win this one. It wasn't going to happen. Put him in jail or walk away. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. There are there are instances where this can become criminal. I mean, you don't have carte blanche. You know, you cannot interfere with an investigation. And look, some jurisdictions have outlined uh, distances that you have to be from police officers when they're doing when they're in the lawful performance of their of their of their job, their duty. You know, so just uh, don't impede investigations. Don't make it unsafe for the cops, where they have to start trying to feel like they have to watch you and the bad guy at the same time. That that could get you jammed up as well. So, um, uh, but yeah, you're. I'm with you, uh, Deputy Frank. Look, it's it's like a lot of these constitutional carry guys that want to walk down the road and look in, in Florida. If you're hunting, camping or fishing or if you're in route to or from one of those locations, you can carry. Um, you can walk with an AR-15, you know, over your shoulder, you know, on the way to the, uh, you know, to your, your hunting or camping or fishing or whatever, you know. And some guys test the waters and the memo has not gotten to a lot of cops that work the street. Um, and my, my old agency, Brett's old agency got jammed up in an investigation at a pier, at a fishing pier. And, uh, and there's a learning curve there, uh, but it's the guys, look, I know they're doing it, but they are also, they're getting funds from these adventures and the lawsuits. And it just, I, I don't like the way it's being done. These guys just kind of had, they get, they get overly zealous and trying to make a point. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a special kind of guy that do law enforcement and it's a special kind of person let's just say that wants to do that kind of crap you know so it, it rubs rubs me the wrong way but let's um let's move on to our next topic we've got less than two minutes before our next break so um on our next one and look we're going to talk about a couple of stories here that have a video component so for our radio and podcast listeners we'll describe in great detail as we always do about what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything so this first story it's at rumble.com but the channel is this is better i think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there so please check them out this is better on rumble so pierce county deputies use less lethal force to stop a suspect with a machete okay do me a favor have a seat on the curb Look, you're being audio and video recorded you're not free to go because i gotta figure out why you're inside the business what do you mean inside the business it's open it's, it's 
Hey, police, get over here! Seeing him approaching a McDonald's drive-thru full of people, a second deputy who arrived on scene deployed his less lethal beanbag shotgun to try and get the suspect to comply. Deputies didn't know this, but once the suspect was hit with the beanbag, he threw the machete down on the ground. The suspect continued to walk away, and he was warned again and shot with the beanbag rounds one more time. You're gonna get hit again! Get down on the ground! Police, you're under arrest! Get off the ground! On the ground, face down! This time, the suspect had enough and sat down on the ground. Deputies were able to then take the now-cooperative suspect into custody. So, uh, yeah, we, so we have less lethal. It's a beanbag round from a shotgun, and it's not just one. It's plural, right? So the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, they released body cam footage of the deputies using beanbags, plural, yes, to stop a suspect wielding a machete. This is one of the few instances where I ever remember seeing this actually work. It usually just aggravates the scenario and they use lethal on the dude. But on March the 25th, 8 o'clock in the morning, deputy responds to a commercial burglary alarm at an orthodontist offices in South Hill. When he gets there, he sees a man leaving the business. So the deputy orders the guy to stop, show his hands. But of course, the suspect keeps walking away. So as the deputy follows him, he can see the suspect has a machete tucked up, up, up in his sleeve. So once the suspect removes the machete from his sleeve and he arms himself, the deputies request they request less lethal backup and, of course, a canine unit to respond. Look, story gets better. Um, so um, once it, anyhow, backup arrives. Now we got a deputy finder beam background of the suspect, which was ineffective. We'll cover more of the story in just a second. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Galls. Hopefully, Captain Bartlett can help me out with this one. It's Galls.com slash Leo. Very important to put the slash Leo on there. You know, they're the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to uh, tactical gear and duty belt, duty boots. I mean, they have uh, pretty much everything but gunshot ammunition, as Captain Brett says. So, uh, Captain, what can you tell us about Galls? What's going on today or this week? Uh, 50% off Flying Cross brand. It's an old brand, but it's a, incredibly good stuff. $30 off certain Oakleys. Uh, they got some new canine gear. And from our good buddy Gary Robbins at uh, High Speed Gear, they got 15% off. And I say this, if, if Galls doesn't have it, you don't need it. I think I think half the stuff on on uh, on Deputy Frank's gum belt came from uh, came from Galls. But look, guys, check it out. Galls.com slash Leo slash Leo lets them know where you're coming from. Check them out today. Okay. Hey, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. You know, we left off talking about uh, a cop dealing with a burglary suspect leaving an orthodontist office. And uh, he's not complying. He's walking away, not showing his hands. He pulls a, a machete that's tucked up underneath his sleeve. So once a suspect removes the machete from the sleeve and arms himself, deputies, they release less lethal. And um, or I, I'm sorry, they well, they they call the canine and less lethal for backup. Then the deputy and the canine get there. They hit it with the beanbag round. It's ineffective. 
So Pierce County Sheriff's Department said that beanbag bullets travel slower than normal ones. That's true. And they don't penetrate the skin. So the suspect, he runs off after being hit, and then more beanbag rounds are fired at him. Deputies said the suspect, he eventually sits down and he gives up. But he had already dropped the machete, which the officers, you know, it was they were it was unknown to them. He'd already dropped the machete um, when he was like running away from them and getting hit with these beanbag rounds. The 27 year old guy ends up getting arrested, booked in the jail for first degree burglary, resisting arrest and obstructing. And, you know, it looks like for at least this instance, the beanbag round saved the day. You know, no lethal force needed. Deputy Frank. Nope, I agree. Um, We use beanbag shotguns here along with uh, pepper ball. Um, we seem to find that pepper balls a uh, is a pretty good deterrent because it's kind of a you get kind of a double whammy of a um, a a bunch of of whatever it is whether it be um, OC or or whatever the the powder is in there um, along with actually being hit by a projectile so it's kind of a double whammy um, and we seem to find that they're they're very very effective but those those beanbags will get your attention you get you get hit with a couple of those you don't you don't want any more. So, so Frank, I, and I'm, I, I, you just opened up your mic, Brett. I'm sorry, but Frank, let me ask you something. Do you guys? I, I know you guys use pepper pepper spray, but do you guys still use um, um, CS CS gas? You know the CS. We used, you know you start off using CS, but the pepper spray it slams your eyes shut. You can't open if you want to. But do you guys just use the pepper without the CS gas now, unless you're doing like crowd dispersing or something. We use uh, CS and OC um, in in SWAT missions. Um, okay. So we're, we're using it in, in houses uh, and same thing for crowd dispersal and stuff like that. But on the streets where we're using either OC spray, handheld OC spray um, that you can find at Galls um, or the pepper ball. Hey, I, I like the way you threw the Galls ad in there. That was pretty cool. Gotcha. That's slick. <laughs> Captain. I think the guys did a great job. You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, less lethal when it comes to deadly force, but you know, they gauged this right. They had some distance. One guy had a pistol. One guy had the uh, less lethal. They read it right. They, they popped him. Uh, but if he, if he hadn't stopped, I mean, it, they would have got closer and we might have had a, a gun situation. But thank goodness the bad guy went down. Now, I remember when it wasn't it was wasn't less than lethal. It was called non-lethal. This is way back. And, you know, and it turns out for somebody that wasn't true. So had to had to start calling it less lethal, not, you know, uh, Oh, because uh, I, if I remember correctly, and this, and, and I'll, I'll quit joking here, but I think somebody, this is way back, took a beanbag right in the orbital socket, and it and it and it killed them. So that's when they kind of changed the wording there. So, Captain Brett, can you, for some people in our audience who may not know what an orbital socket is, could you explain that, please? <laughs> hey, the twos, uh, teach to the twos, Brett. That's the two round things right under your dome, <laughs> and the dome would be the, the cranium. That's where, or, that's where, uh, we break that down. That's where you abnormal people have hair, but us normal folks, we have it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, 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 you, your brother, you have a new brother now. Frank yeah, just took yeah. his hat off. Wow. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. So look, moving along. So good, good commentary on that last one. And it, it's really, it, 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 it's a great story and great video component. So look, we're back on rumble. Uh, this is butter again. And again, we'll describe in great detail what's going on for this video component. So Lynchburg officer will not, face criminal charges and fatal shooting of an armed suspect after a chase. Stop! All right, I got him again. He's running 17th, 17th of Fillmore. Running up 17th. Shaheen, stop! Stop right now! Stop right now! Stop! Get on the ground! Get on the ground! You're going to get Stop! Jump the gun! Shots fired, Lincoln! 
So Lynchburg Commonwealth attorney uh, Bethany Harrison determined that the Lynchburg police officer involved in a shooting back on February the 2nd involved it, it involved a justifiable use of deadly force and there are going to be no criminal charges are going to be issued. So in other words, instead of saying it like like that, let's just say the guy was completely justified in the shoot. OK, so just before 923 in the evening, <clears throat> officers are called out for uh, multiple reports of shots fired. So an officer tries to stop a car. They think uh, it's an, I guess, uh, that they believe to be involved with the officer. Uh, I'm sorry, the driver takes off to get away from the cops. So the, the driver then gets out of the vehicle and he starts to run. So there's a short foot pursuit. The officer encounters a suspect in an alleyway. So the suspect is a 25-year-old named Raheem Damon Brown. Uh, so he's got Raheem as the first name, but he's got a very common, you know, uh, American, you know, Brown name. So that's that threw me, but he pulls out a firearm and the officer then shoots Brown, who later dies. So, but now when you watch the video component, Brown, he falls on the ground while he's running from the officer and the officer catches up with him while he's still prone on the ground, yelling to him to stop, stop right now, get on the ground. You're going to get tased as he was chasing him and catches up to him. The officer puts his hands on Brown, but then he suddenly disengages saying, stop, drop the knife as Brown suddenly stands up on the sidewalk facing the officer and then he gets shot by the officer. So that's kind of the way it goes down. I kind of had the right, you know, some extra notes in there that were left out on the, uh, on the, you know, on the, you know, on the, uh, on the details. Anyhow, that's what we have. Deputy Frank, start us off on this. It's, this is, this is a great demonstration of body worn camera um, really showing the, the, the true picture of what happened. Um, this guy fails to yield. So he's in felony flight flees from a foot from the, the traffic stop or where he just stops his car. Um, this officer tracks him down, obviously in pretty good shape. Um, you know, physical fitness is a big part of our job. And, uh, you know, this officer, obviously, uh, he, he had a pretty good run before this encounter. So he was, uh, he definitely had his adrenaline pumping, but, um, yeah, this, this kid loses his footing going around a corner and, um, comes up with whatever that weapon was knife, I think is what it was. Um, and officer engages him. I mean, that's, you know, uh, this 100% could have been avoided by someone legally stopping for the police, listening to lawful commands. Um, it, it, it's the same scenario all the time. People don't listen to us when we are giving lawful orders to stop, to lay down, to prone out, to stop your vehicle, whatever it may be. Um, and then they end up getting dead. And this is 100%. It, it looked good to me. I think that the uh, I think the the attorney that looked at this made the right call. I think the officer made the right call. Um, and maybe people should listen to us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hate the way they title these articles will not face criminal charges. That leads people to believe that they were thinking about criminal charges. He just got away with it. It, sh it should be very it, it should be this bad guy ran bad guy brought up brought up a knife. And the cop put one between his running lights and down he goes. That should be the title of the article. Um, you know, on the side of police cars, instead of say, uh, protect and serve, it should say if, then. Okay, if, then. If you comply, then you will not go to jail. If you fight, I will hurt you. If you run, I will chase you. If you draw a gun, I will blast you. That's what they <laughs> should put on this on our badge, on our patch. If, then. That's, that's all. Police work is if, then. I bet hey, uh, it, I, I bet Sheriff Grady Judd would like that. I bet you you might be able to get that down there in Florida. 
Hey, if you find if if you find a sheriff willing to put that on a patch, dude, I'm coming out of retirement and I'm joining that agency. You know, I'm going to go to Gauls and see if they'll make me one patch <laughs> as a as a kind of a sample. If then, wow, you know, yeah, I'm glad you covered all the non-compliant elements in this uh, in this interaction, Frank, because it wasn't just one. And, 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 and one one's bad enough, but the pursuit. I'm talking about the vehicle pursuit, not to mention the foot pursuit. And all the other things during the chase and the command and stuff, you know, that I have absolutely zero sympathy for this bad guy. He was a bona fide bad guy and actually produced a weapon. So there was a deadly force scenario because if he wasn't taken out, he would have inflicted, you know, serious bodily injury or death to the to the uh, officer. So good point. Um, we've got a little less than two minutes. So let's move on, you know, to our next one. And we're making really good, really good time today. So, yes, we're going to be talking about Governor uh, Greg Abbott. So we're on lawofficer.com. So Governor Abbott is working as swiftly as Texas law allows to pardon Daniel Perry after a murder conviction in the death of a Black Lives Matter rioter. But this all went down from, from what I gather because of Tucker Carlson on Fox News. So bear with me here. So we're in Austin, Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said on uh, Saturday that he hopes to pardon a former Army sergeant found guilty of murder on Friday for the shooting death of... Um, I put in my notes, piece of trash, Garrett Foster during a 2020 Black Lives Matter riot that was in uh, downtown Austin. And uh, yeah, Tucker Carlson, I saw the show where he was slamming the governor on Fox News for doing nothing and not responding to Tucker's, um, you know, to Tucker's request. You know, the, hey, what are you going to do about this? So Daniel Perry, Sergeant Perry, was prosecuted by a radical George Soros funded Travis County District Attorney named Jose Garza, despite Austin police. Uh, purportedly believing that it was a justified case of self-defense, you know, in the first place. So I'm working as swiftly as Texas law allows regarding the pardon of Sergeant Perry. This is what Abbott says while clarifying a statement that he is limited to only grant a pardon after receiving a recommendation from the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. And, and, and it goes on to say that the governor said that that uh, he had requested the board expedite its review and pass along the recommendation that was in the post-millennial. So Perry was working as an Uber driver when he was aggressively approached by an armed Black Lives Matter mob that had taken over the streets of downtown Austin. Look, we're going to cover This is a great story. More information about this later. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know. Does your I'm, home need? And sorry, guys. No matter how much. See, Jimmy's just testing, making sure I'm, I'm paying attention here. But uh, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com. They've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and only company to offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is it's approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start the day with online training or register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Well, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Studios in Florida. So, you know, we left off talking. We're in Texas. We're talking about Governor Greg Abbott. And, you know, we're talking about a pardon uh, involving a military sergeant. Perry that shot a Black Lives Matter protester. So the governor said he's working as swiftly as Texas law allows regarding the pardon of Sergeant Perry. 
and he explained what he has to wait for to get it. Now, Perry was working as an Uber driver when he was aggressively approached by a armed Black Lives Matter mob that had taken over the streets of downtown Austin. It's a riot that happened July the 25th of 2020. So we're talking about three years ago. So during the trial, he was found guilty of one count of murder and not guilty of one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Now, according to the Austin Police Department, who thought that Perry was completely justified, the deadly encounter occurred when Perry's vehicle turned on the Congress Avenue. Protesters who had taken over the area, they surround his car. So, I mean, imagine this going down with you driving an Uber, you know, driving a car for Uber, right? So Foster was part of the group and armed with an AK-47. And Foster's the bad guy, by the way. So Perry, the Sergeant Perry's defense team, said that during opening statements uh, on October the 28th that Perry had to defend himself when he was swarmed by the group. Now, Perry said, I made a wrong turn. A guy pointed a freaking weapon at me, and I panicked. I don't know I, I don't know what to do. I'm just an Uber driver. I made a wrong turn. I've never had to shoot someone before. They started shooting back at me, and I got out of the area. And this is what Perry told the 911 operator that night. So despite uh, Perry's panic statement on 911, and later to um, investigators that Foster raised his rifle in a threatening manner, witnesses from the crowd apparently testified to the contrary, according to the NBC DFW. So former Austin Police Chief Brian Manley said that Perry fired five shots from inside his vehicle. He struck Foster, the bad guy, and um, the uh, bad guy did not fire, but another member of the group ended up firing three rounds at Perry's car, uh, but he didn't hit anybody. So that's kind of the way this thing goes down. Uh, Anyhow, so and that's why there's pressure on the Texas, you know, governor uh, to pardon this dude. So, Deputy Frank Slope. The, there's so many things. Um, so, so someone in this crowd that are protesting, um, carrying guns, which I don't know Texas's laws, but so yeah, they're they're uh, they're open carry in Texas. Good. Well, as, as they should be. So they're so I have no problem with that. But you point a gun at someone. And you get dead, which is what happened, which is the correct sequence of events in this particular case. And then someone else in the crowd shoots at the guy for protecting himself. That guy also needs some aggravated assault charges. So I feel like that's a uh, that's a missing part of this. Um, I and uh, good for Governor Abbott. Uh, you know, Texas does a lot of good things. Um, they're obviously big on board security, which is something that my agency is also big on. Um, but but good for him for jumping on this and, and really taking it and saying, hey, look, I'm doing everything I can. Um, the fact that this guy would own the only the only city in Texas, this guy would be found guilty in is Austin. So because it's the it's the liberal hub of Texas. Um, so if this would have happened anywhere else, I think a, a a jury would have seen through the the BS of this and uh, and, and found the, the correct conclusion, which I don't think that they did in this particular case. Thanks. Captain Bartlett. Um, yeah, if you point an AK at me, I'm going to make you real dead real quick. And if you try to shoot me after I just shot that guy, I'm going to bust a cap on you too. And if, if the third guy jumps in or whatever. I would love to read from that case the closing arguments that the prosecutor gave to the jury. Okay, Just, just what are we missing something that happened that we just don't know about? So when they're given this closing argument to a jury, which let's face it, fellas, is 12 people who weren't smart enough to get off of it in Austin, Texas, the liberal hub of, of that part of the world, there's just no telling what's going through their mind. But I promise you now, point AK at me and I will close out your health record. Thanks, Cam. And, and, and Deputy Frank, you know, I, I, and, and I, 
I'm appreciative, uh, Deputy Frank, of the governor doing this. However, I wish that it wouldn't have taken, as I suspect, Tucker Carlson going on national you know, news on Fox and, and, and saying how, hey, I've reached out to the governor. He's not returning or he's not answering us about this. Why isn't he doing anything? And, and I didn't see anything about Abbott doing anything that he should have been doing on this until after Tucker had to go national you know, with this. So I just wish it would have been a little quicker. But, uh, but no, I'm appreciative. So. Um, all right, guys, let's, uh, we've got around uh, almost five minutes. So let's uh, see what the, the next story that, you know, in store for us. We got a video component for this. We're back on Rumble. This is Butter. Greenville uh, County deputies uh, release a body cam of a shooting that occurred or uh, that occurred and injured a 16 year old. Okay. As the deputy was patting him down for weapons, he observed a bulge in his front side waistband. The deputy determined the bulge to be a gun and maintained contact with that part of his clothing to ensure the suspect could not pull it out from underneath his waistband. Moments later, the gun went off, striking the suspect one time. Oh, handcuffs. Gun. Gun. Oh, he just shot me in my ear, Mom. He just shot me. Don't reach for nothing. So Greenville County Sheriff's Office, they released this Friday on a Friday in reference to the shooting that injured a 16-year-old during a traffic stop. Seven News previously reported that two people, including a 16-year-old, were arrested after a shooting during a traffic stop in Taylor's. Now, on January the 17th, a Greenville County deputy initiates a traffic stop. And uh, while performing a search on the teenager, deputies locate a firearm. Now, this is this is goes down. You'll if you're watching this video for the first time and you don't know what's coming. You'll, you'll be shocked. So when attempting to secure the gun, a shot was fired, injuring the teen. The gun was still in his pants. So he's taken to the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, Sheriff uh, Hobart Lewis said that it was determined that neither of the deputies involved in the incident fired their weapons and no policies consistent with the sheriff's office protocol were actually violated. Um, so, yeah, they're trying to uh, look to deal with this guy. He had a gun in his pants and, you know, in, in, in their interaction with them, this thing goes off, but it's a it's a wild video to watch. You you uh, you hear the shot, Deputy Frank. Um, this is this is why we carry guns in holsters. Like let me just throw that. Which by the way, where do you find holsters? You find them at Galls. So this guy could have <laughs> went to Galls. 
right? He could have got a holster, put a gun in his pants, been safe. I carry a gun in my pants. Guess what? It's in a holster. It's safe. Triggers protected. It's not going off my pants. Also, why does a 16-year-old have a gun stuffed in his pants? It means that he's not doing good. Someone's parents should probably put some, some boot where it needs to be and get this kid in line so he's not carrying a gun stuffed in his pants. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, watching this, I, the, the deputy does the right thing, feels the gun, says, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my hand on this to prevent anyone else from putting his hands on. Um, all that stuff's good. You know, it's, this all leads back to why does a 16-year-old have a gun in his pants without a holster from Gulls? I don't know. You know, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, Captain, your thoughts. The last point I have is right towards the end, the kid starts screaming, Mama, 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 go get Mama. I told my son, who was a brand new policeman 18 years ago, I said, you watch, you watch your first arrest, and you're going to hear this. Mama, go get Mama. And she's going to be there in five seconds. I, it's just miraculous. Mama. Now, yeah, that, they always that, show up. Mama. Now, that gun could have easily been turned the other way and shot that deputy. I mean, it just it's just luck of the draw that Knucklehead, you know, took it. But uh, yeah, when I when I'm wearing my sweatpants without my holster, sometimes my my Beretta 92 it kind of drags my pants down a little bit, so I have to be real careful with that. That is too heavy of a gun to put in your pants. That is, get yourself something small. Yeah, but I don't know that. So yeah, I'm I just I'm just a 16 year old kid with a gun in my pants. I haven't been, you know, I don't know these things. That's true. Does that That's absolutely true? Does that interfere when you when you? jog and stuff around the uh, around the neighborhood brett i mean your uh, pants, i, I, like, I uh, haven't jogged in a while chip my i'm still waiting on my good shoes to come in so it's been a while so you know i don't want to hurt my my knees so i'm waiting on my good shoes uh, yeah i was just thinking if they if your pants ended up being down by your ankles that might level the playing field for you know in case you have to chase a bad guy that's you know 20 you know 18 chip, to 21 chip, years i could go so many directions what you just said but i'm just not going to do it all right well i appreciate that i think you're just yeah. you're actually saving me on this so um you know, uh, you know, one thing I just throw out there, we've got uh, a minute, but on legal affairs, Massachusetts minority officers, they reached a $40 million deal for being denied equal pay and promotions. It all has to do with the, the kind of test. And they felt that uh, Hispanics and blacks were not being promoted because of the way the tests were given. So they've been they're given they're being given $40 million in this deal. Um, any um, any I mean, it's, that's a lot of money. And they've broken it down. Not everybody's getting even amounts of money, too. But we got about 30 seconds. Any any comments? This, Go ahead, guys. This, this is an old topic. This has been handled 20 or 30 years ago when, when tests came out that affected certain people and they fixed it. I don't know why this is still happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like 67,000, you know, per officer with that, you know, with one of the agencies. But uh, Deputy Frank? That's yeah, I, I feel the same way uh, as what Brett said. These are I mean, this is all across the country. I think these tests have been have been found to be. Um, you know, should be equal for everyone and equal pay and all that stuff is something that's uh, thanks, Frank. That's addressed. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of the, the 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 end of the show. But look, I do want to get something out there about the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. You know, Lieutenant Randy Sutton couldn't be on the show today, and man, I tell you, he is he's killing it. They, I was just uh, you know watching him on Twitter. Um, I think it was last night or this morning uh, with a new venture he's got going. Um, and uh, look, it, it's the Wounded Blue, the Wounded Blood. Blue.org. It's a great organization. They help cops out suffer from PTSD, or maybe they got medical issues that their agency's not covering, or maybe they were not offered a medical retirement. Um, so there's all kinds of cops that are in a world of hurt across the country that the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org takes care of. So I recommend that you go to the website, support the organization. They've also got a cool, uh, a cool shop with some great gear as well. So please check them out. 
I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors again, Motion DSP, GaulishGunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Uh, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Guys, check out Red Voice Media. Great news source. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. <laughs>